This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. And welcome to the Vedic Wisdom. Thank you for being with us today. I want to talk today about the understanding of our constitutional position. What is our constitutional position? This is something that I think is vitally important for people to understand because it has to do with what is our actual created identity. It's a big piece of it. In the Vedic literature, it says that this material world is considered an illusion because the living entities don't know what they are. And in the Vedic literature, it tries to get that cleared up early because it is a fundamental piece of self-realization. Without understanding not only who, but what you are is vitally important. And so in the Bhagavad Gita, this is discussed almost immediately because it's so crucial as a foundation to all of the self-realization that brings us total happiness. I'm talking to you today from the introduction of the Bhagavad Gita. This is not deep in the confidential knowledge. This is not deep in the philosophy. This is not deep in yoga practice. This is right at the very surface because this is, as I said, it's a crucial foundation stone for self-realization. Let me recap slightly. We've discussed on our program that nature is not one thing. It's three. It's goodness, it's passion, it's ignorance. It's called modes. Just like you have on phones and electronic devices, you have this mode and that mode and the next mode, and you transfer through them to do different types of activities or programming. Nature has three modes as well. There's goodness, where if you're in the mode of goodness, you act in a certain way, and all sorts of additional aspects of life are in harmony with that, or in passion, or in ignorance. So the mode of nature, they are more or less restrictions. A rope bind you to the chair. Well, the modes of nature bind the living entity to a status and a conception and a perspective of life, and it's implemented by taking a material body. So we understand this material nature from that point of view. All of our perspectives, whether good, goodness, passion, or ignorance, is from the position of our being bound into the laws of nature. So the Vedic literature teaches that this is one nature, material nature. There is a second spiritual nature, and it is quite different, and it is much larger, and there are many more living entities in the spiritual nature. And the spiritual nature is our natural home. We are in the temporary material nature taking temporary bodies because we're trying to enjoy we're trying to independently enjoy. I mean, independent of the Lord. We're trying to enjoy ourselves, our bodies, our families, all these external connections to the body. And that can't be done in the spiritual nature. So the material nature affords us living entities who have desires to experience them in the material nature. If we follow the instructions of the Bhagavad Gita and look at them closely, we can see that our lives can be purified and we can reach the ultimate destination of the spiritual sky. 
and that spiritual sky is beyond this material tabernacle. So the material sky is temporary. And at the end of this universe, it will be annihilated. This is the law of nature. But there is the spiritual nature, and it is eternal. This is the difference. One is temporary, and one is eternal. Similarly, we living entities, we are eternal. Similarly, the Supreme Personality of Godhead is eternal. He is eternal. This means that there is an intimate relationship between the living entities and the Lord. And we are qualitatively equal to the Lord. We are not the same scale. We are very small. The Lord is very, very large. So there's a dramatic difference in scale, but there isn't a difference in quality. We are part and parcel of the Lord, so we hold the same qualities as the Lord. The transcendental nature being eternal, the association of the Lord with the living entities in that transcendental nature is the ultimate aim of human life. You can lift yourself in the human form of life to qualify for returning to the eternal nature, the spiritual sky, in the human form of life. Now the Lord's attitude is of kindness toward the living entities because the living entities all have claim to being an eternal son of the Lord. The Lord says that he is, of all the different types of living entities, he is the seed-giving father. So the Lord wishes to reclaim all of us who are here in the material world and bring us back to the eternal spiritual sky. So the, you and I as living entities, we can be returned to the eternal sky once we are free from illusion. So the Lord comes himself in different incarnations or he sends his confidential servants as sons or as teachers to reclaim the fallen souls with transcendental knowledge. This reclaiming is not a sectarian religious process. It is the eternal function of the eternal living entities in the relationship with the eternal Lord. Now, this eternal occupation is called Sanatana Dharma, which is eternal occupation, and it is the eternal religion. The word eternal is explained to mean something that has no beginning and without end. This means that our faith that we have in this material body may change from one subject to another, but the eternal occupation cannot be changed. It is a factor of our existence. It is a characteristic of our existence. The living entities, you and I, we have to recognize that the human form of life is the opportunity for this purification process to take place. That the Vedic literature is different from all the other sectarian religions because it's explaining the scientific relationship between the living entities, you and I, and the Lord. And it's scientifically explaining our predicament in a material body in the material world. This is not due with faith or belief. You can understand that you would take birth and your family was of a particular religious faith, 
and you adopt that faith and follow that faith and progress in following its rules and regulations to develop your God consciousness. Well, part of developing the God consciousness, which is our subject today, is coming to understanding your eternal occupational position, irrespective of which faith you may have adapted. The faith is an external aspect of your religious maturity. But the constitutional position is there regardless, even if you don't follow any religious scripture. Faith is changeable. But the eternal position, the eternal occupation and duty of the living entity is not changeable. So this is why the Vedic literature is non-sectarian. It is talking to you about the scientific position of one person's relationship to another, yours and the Supreme Lord, mine and the Supreme Lord, the living entities, all of us living entities in this material world, and the Supreme Lord. There is an eternal occupational relationship. There is a loving relationship. It is built on happiness and love. So we can learn so much about our religious faith and we can practice that faith and we can be of that conception of the Lord. That is not changed. That doesn't matter. But we need to understand this foundation stone that the living entity's relationship with the Lord is one of servant and that we are constitutionally in an eternal relationship with the Lord. We only forget it due to the body. This means that if it has no beginning and it has no end, it cannot be changed like a faith can be changed. It is a constant companion to the living entities irrespective of their body they take and irrespective of the consciousness they manifest. So this particular position is meant to encourage and support the revival of your eternal constitutional mentality. And it says in the Vedic literature that this eternal function of a living entity is to render service. That the service has no beginning and no end, and that is the proper relationship between the living entities. So our faith is relative to the material body, but our eternal occupation, it is of substance. It is there irrespective of time, place, and circumstance. So if we understand that this is the eternal religion, this is the eternal position, it always remains the same and it cannot be taken away. We're saying that the constitutional position of the living entities, the real position, is to render service to the Lord. So extending this, we see that one being serves another living being in some capacity, and thus he enjoys life. The living entities are all in a chain of rendering service, and no one is exempt. Everyone is in a position of rendering service in some capacity, in some way, to someone. So service is the constant companion of the living entity. And so we can conclude that rendering service is the eternal religion of all the eternal living entities by constitution. This is a significant point that I want you to see and understand. To revive our religious love of God, 
to free ourselves from the struggle for existence caused by the material modes of nature, to mold our desires in such a way that they purify us as opposed to contaminate us. This point is of most important, a scientific understanding that a living entity, you and I, a conscious living being, spirit soul, is a part and parcel of the Supreme Lord and is eternally independent and separate and the occupational expectation, the created service is to render loving service to the Lord. And that is where you'll find happiness. Why? Because the Lord is always completely happy. He is in the mood, in the condition of happiness. That is his natural state. So as part and parcel of the Lord, we have all his characteristics, then we are naturally situated when we are happy. And we see every living entity trying to make things better, trying to get it right, trying to become happy and stay happy. So this is what's really going on. We see so many activities, so many desires, so many people's opinions, so much controversy, so much war, so many things going on in this material world. And it is all, all because of this misunderstanding of our eternal occupation as opposed to thinking, if I simply try to enjoy this place, I'll be happy. And that's not the correct answer. When we try to enjoy, we get temporary material happiness that's very fleeting. That's all you get. And obviously, people try to stack one fleeting moment next to another and another and another and stack them all in together as close together as they can and think, there, I'm happy. And they don't want to look at anything that makes them unhappy. They don't want to look at anything that's uh, of, uh, opposed to their plan to be happy. But the struggle for existence doesn't stop. There is old age, there is disease, there is death. It is outside of your control. This place is not your home. We are not supposed to be trying to make an arrangement to stay. We are supposed to be trying to make an arrangement to move on. This life is a preparatory step for the next life. And when we understand that, that we're trying to revive our forgotten constitutional position as eternal loving servants of the Lord. When we revive that, we actually get the real happiness we're looking for. We're trying to get by with the temporary happiness because it's better than suffering. But it's not the goal. And so we see everywhere Everywhere, everyone, whether they'll admit it or not, has a level of frustration, small or large, today or tomorrow, because the eternal need for eternal happiness is not being fulfilled. So this is a very important point we're passing through today. We want you to understand that to each that eternal happiness platform you must come out of the material conception of being this body and everything relative to the body over to being an eternal spirit soul, servant of the Lord by constitution, who will be happy when he's rendering service and associating with the Lord. And the Lord 
comes and displays his pastimes from the spiritual world and encourages the living entities to rise to that platform. He encourages them in the Bhagavad Gita to be detached from this material predicament. It is not the all in all. Don't take it as such. Don't let it become a contaminating experience. The idea that this family is all there is, is childish. It's without realization. You have had many, many, many families. They come and they go because your body comes and goes and the family is based on a bodily relationship. So the Lord is encouraging the living entities in the Bhagavad Gita to rise above the material conception of life and revive your spiritual conception of life. This is possible. When you hear the Vedic literature and understand the teachings, and then you engage in loving service of whatever small capacity or great capacity you may have, but you turn from trying to enjoy in this material world through this body to working in the material world under the Lord's plan and render service to Him and actually taste happiness. That happiness is so attractive that as soon as you get the taste of it and identify it and understand what it is, you lose all interest and all taste in material happiness. And you become fixed in the quest for love of God. And you purify your existence under the instructions of the spiritual master. And gradually, progressively, your life awakens and opens, just like a light gradually being turned up in the room. The darkness is dissipated. And through your life and through your experiences and with your free will, you enliven yourself. You enlighten from the Vedic literature. You're able to give assistance to others and guidance. And you bring up that uh, memory of your eternal relationship and you taste the happiness that you're always looking for and are frustrated to find in this temporary place. This is a, uh, a beautiful point of understanding. And as I said, it's given very early. I'm talking from the introduction of the Bhagavad Gita. It's given and delineated very early on. So you get it as a foundation point and you understand everything uh, transposes when you see that in proper perspective. So we're hoping that you understand this point today, that you realize the significance of it, the importance of it, and how it actually can be a, a beacon of light, of truth, of hope, where you can see things in proper perspective once you see your actual constitutional position. And you can put an end to the suffering and you can be qualified to return to the spiritual sky to render loving service personally in the association of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He wants us to know who he is, how he looks, what he thinks, where he's at. And he displays that. And the Vedic literature teaches you all of that. And it prepares you for recognizing and engaging and uh, fulfilling yourself by acting in your normal, proper uh, service mentality. This is the message for today. Allow this n conception of eternally a servant of God to come into your life and become a cornerstone to what really is going on. These temporary things and distractions in the material world are not 
the point. The point is reviving your eternal relationship in love of God. That's where the satisfaction you're looking for comes. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.